while we were discovering this whole journey people had through dance, we got completely hooked because we were like, we don't understand how this can happen naturally with no help of any institution whatsoever, without any support. From New York to San Francisco, Houston to Chicago, the residents of Villa Albertine have traversed the United States. Here, they look back on their journeys into the arts and ideas. Their visits were supported by Villa Albertine, which has connected French talents and the American cultural scene since 2021. Come and join me as we meet some of the artists and thinkers shaping the culture of tomorrow. I'm Rachel Donadio, and you're listening to Coast to Coast, a podcast series produced by Villa Albertine and Paradiso Media. Our guests today, the collective La Horde with Marine Brouty and Jonathan Debrouvert. La Horde is a dance collective founded by Marine Brouty, Jonathan Debrouvert, and Arthur Arel. Since 2019, they've been co-directors of the National Ballet of Marseille. Their work brings dances that have gone viral on the internet to stages around the world. As residents of Villa Albertine, they traveled to Los Angeles. Here they tell us about their visit to the city, where they spent time with jump-style dancers and made a film with the director Spike Jones. Marine and Jonathan, it's great to speak to you today about your experience with Villa Albertine, where you guys were in L.A. And I'm just curious, why L.A.? Arthur, Jonathan, and I were directors of the National Ballet of Marseille. And uh, we uh, do have like a lot of work that take place on stage. And so for us, it's always very important to connect with programmers and like institutions uh, everywhere in the world to be able to show our work and to tour our work. We know that the dance field is trying to be very much developed there as well. There is a history also between like uh, cinema and the musical that is very important to us. There's also the story of the ballet itself. Um, you have to know that the National Ballet of Marseille was uh, founded by Roland Petit. And uh, Roland Petit is uh, a French choreographer that had the opportunity to work a lot in Hollywood. And that has like um, expanded the dance field. Like he was doing shows for Pink Floyds and... We know, for example, that Gene Kelly came to one of the premiere in Paris of Roland Petit and he stole his first dancer to be in an American in Paris, an American in Paris. So I think it's all these ideas. And I mean, America is very powerful culturally in Europe and the movie industry is huge. And I think we were just basic little French artists who wanted to see what Hollywood looked like in a way. I'm thinking... A lot of things it's really possible if you have the motivation. And we are lucky because we, uh, we meet the wife of Jean Kelly and she explained a lot of anecdotes about him. And he, he gave us a lot of uh, inspiration and idea for the new show. And we created actually a show. We called it We Should Have Never Walked on the Moon. And it was directly inspired by Jean Kelly's widow who told us that Gene Kelly was completely appalled by the idea that uh, astronauts had walked on the moon. I believe this city has inspired us in many ways also for the work we're doing at the moment. Right now we're writing our new show, which is called Age of Content. And basically it talks about the use of the devices, the use of the internet today, our vision of like the multiverse, not 
only in the tech aspect, but also in the spiritual one, knowing that now everybody has their point of view on the world and um, their different parting and how does it all confront to each other. And uh, of course, one of our big inspiration is uh, Grand Theft Auto, <laughs> the video game. And this is completely uh, inspired by the city of Los Angeles. And so for us to be able to just explore, walk around, see how people were behaving in the city, uh, trying to understand if people were actually dancing as we were seeing sometimes on videos in the city and trying to connect with the dance community has been very inspiring for our work. It seems you share a lot of references back and forth between each other too. So how does it work when you work? We're a collective, so we need to share a lot. We need to share references. And Jonathan, Arthur and I, we created, you know, shared groups where we were exchanged like videos, sometimes because we find them silly, sometimes because we find them interesting, or sometimes because we're questioning ourselves whether it's interesting or not, or like, we don't know. And that's how we got into the hard dances, which is like the whole movement of all the dances that are linked to techno music. And within that space, there is like a specialty that is called jump style. Through our research, we discovered that there were like a big community of jumpers in Los Angeles. We were drawn to Los Angeles because we knew that there was a huge Hispanic jump style community. Tell me a little bit about the work you've done in the past with jump style dances and what the spirit of jump style is. Jamstyle was a dance that used to be danced in clubs like in the early 2000s. And after some clubs in Belgium or like the north of France or a little bit also in the Netherlands closed, it's like this cultural practice took shelter online. It was like mainly teenagers, the jumper were starting when they were like 12, 13 years old. And so what they would do also, they would have a use of YouTube that is very different from the use of social media you have today. So they were posting online all their trials. And so naturally, the community started to give feedback to one another. And after a while, they even created like online tournaments first. But then the urge to meet one another was so big that they would organize tournaments, especially in Europe. And while we were discovering this whole journey people had through dance, we got completely hooked because we were like, we don't understand how this can happen naturally with no help of any institution whatsoever, without any support. It was really just a natural use of the tool to explore dance. The aspect of the identity of the community was also very interesting to us because we were like, it's only cisgender white male. It's not an ideal vision of a community for us, for example, because we're more queer and inclusive. So we're like, okay, we need to understand what's happening here. And it was really genuine. And so Jonathan started to contact one or two who were then giving us contacts of others. It was really organic kind of uh, uh, way of being introduced. They were also very like um, defiant in a way. They were like, what the f do you want from us? Like... They were also very used of the online trolling, so they thought we were trolling them. So we started with this project. And from this project, then we created a performance within the same factory. And afterwards, we created a 10-minute performance that we presented at the Théâtre de la Ville. 
and it led to creating like a one-hour piece with them. And voila, it's an ongoing project with these communities that we developed year after year, very naturally, very organically. And yeah, they're like almost our oldest collaborators and we still do projects with them. Your work with La Horde in Marseille has a really interesting relationship between the internet and things that happen online and things that happen in the real world and on the stage. Tell me a little bit about how you even get inspiration from the real world and not just things online. It's also important to point out that we don't especially see internet versus reality. For us, internet is just like an extension of what is happening in the real world. And it's an opportunity to get in touch with people who are not like geographically near you. And today everything is more within the moment, like very instant. And I think we never saw the internet as opposed to the reality. Like we always thought as internet has like kind of a, a new real estate that was kind of a free zone you could occupy. Before you had uh, very special places where you could seek for information. Like if you wanted to know about dance, you had to go to like a special place where they had recordings of like old school or more contemporary things that were recorded on tape and it was kind of a library and there was like one location. And today you have access to like millions of different websites and different archives and TV archives, but also institution archives or YouTube or sometimes like amateur who just are in love with some content that that would share with it. So for me, it's just something that always existed, but that was definitely enhanced by the tools that were developed. And we don't find inspiration more there than anywhere else. As artists, we're just opening our eyes 24-7, like uh, getting in touch with like what inspires us, but like what puts us also like in state of like grace or questioning or trigger or beauty. And whether it happens online or in the real world is kind of the same experience for us. You also are co-directors of the National Ballet of Marseille. What's the role of professional dancers and of professional stages in this moment today? We went to art school, we were taught by teacher and so on. But there's so many much we actually learned outside of school or on our own while using the tools that were like accessible to us or made accessible uh, within our generation. So the way to make um, a frame for us to put in mise-en-scène to dance, it's more easy and to put in internet, it's more easy too. So the accessibility about the tools, now it's uh, very uh, easy for everyone to uh, to try and to explore uh, movement. So it's really powerful for everyone to have some idea and to have some revendication, political revendication too, to do a message about many things and to share in internet. So the fact that it can develop a lot of amateur kind of uh, practice is for us a very beautiful thing because it shows that there is more access. And I really don't believe in the fact that amateurs could replace too much of the dancers or could steal the place of like professionals. We more believe in the expand of a whole field. How did your time in L.A. lead to your doing a film with Spike Jones? Our producer is in L.A., David Zander. It's actually Spike Jones' producer. 
And that is how we connected. Basically, this is something we still don't understand, but like Spike Jones saw one of our videos and contacted this producer saying like, you should sign them, basically. And then he wrote like a short story for us to to direct, but this was prior to our venue, like to our, us coming in LA. But of course, like it was the opportunity for us to connect with a network that we had been trying to expand already from Europe. But then when you're there and you understand like the culture and dynamics and how things are made, I think it's a different feel. It's a different vibe. You're French dancers and you've been working in the United States. Dance is a universal language. Do you think of yourselves as particularly French when you're traveling in the United States? I think French identity is a very interesting identity because France is a very multicultural country in the beginning. And when you're in France, everyone can speak about their origins. But then when you go into any foreign country, you're French first. And this is very funny because we're never culturally as French as when we're abroad. It's true that like when we met with... Um, American institution, we understood how the funding of dance in France is different. I mean, we have funds that comes from directly from the government through theaters, through choreographic centers. There we felt like we were very privileged just in terms of um, how our system works. And of course, it creates different ways of approaching this practice. Because when you meet dancers in LA, like it's a crazy thing to pay a school 50,000 to 70,000 a year to become a dancer. There's no way you can make that money on your own in the beginning. The American dancers are more um, prepared to go everywhere. They, they, they go to dance in the cinema industry to um, a performing place, to publicity, commercial. So they are very um, ready. And in France, when you do uh, some learning, one skill, they go deeper in the skill. Here, they, they need to have different skills to be ready to go everywhere. You guys are becoming huge. You're in terms of French cultural figures on the world stage. I think you are now with Christine and Daft Punk. You're you're getting there. How does that feel to have become known internationally when a few years ago you weren't? I think first we would have to believe you on that because we cannot feel it at all. Like I swear, I'm not trying to be like fake humble like Recently, we had so many questions about this, and I cannot figure why. I don't feel like we're known at all. Like, oh my God, the Daft Punk, I mean, they were like our icons growing up. So it would be a huge honor to be like considered as their level, but I don't feel it personally. And um, it's so welcoming to feel supported, to feel support like this, and to be able to meet so many people that are very hard to get in touch with. And so to be able to get like a residency where there is no expectation of producing anything, but just getting experience and inspiration in is very rare and, uh, and beautiful. And it reminds us also that uh, artists are not just like producing machines and that they need time to reflect and connect and discover. We're firm believers that like whenever you're immersed in a different culture, 
you grow into a more understanding being and a, a more wise and intelligent one. And so I think it's uh, an experience I would love to do again and again throughout my life. Marine Bruti and Jonathan de Brewer, it's been great speaking with you. Great speaking with you too. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Coast to Coast, a podcast series produced by Villa Albertine and Paradiso Media and hosted by Rachel Donadio. If you want to learn more about the residents of Villa Albertine, listen to it wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our channel, States. And if you liked it, leave a rating and spread the word. You can also follow us on social media and click on the link in the description of the episode.